0: wrestling with the future. We're switching the script up a little bit today. I'm your host Dan Sebastiano joined by my co-host psychic medium Angelo. Angelo, how you doing today?
1: I'm wonderful. It's uh, uh it's a little unusual on this end of it.
0: You you think you're going to be okay? Maybe, maybe well, I'm uh, a little uh, like out of a,
1: my a, element, but I'll try.
0: An old boxing day tradition. Joined uh on the panel with us is our frequent co-host and panelist filmmaker producer actor director writer and everything else he gladly tell you that he does mike messier mike how you doing
2: i'm good dan good to be here tonight gentlemen we have a special uh lady guest a real lady and a a legend in the world of professional wrestling someone who i've never met before so i'm looking forward to this conversation
0: that we do and neither you nor i were on the part one so this is going to be a treat for both of us and mike hit it straight on the head joining us a true legend of the business, the out rushmore of southern women's wrestling, without question legend, champion, multi time champion, multi promotion. Wherever she went, she was kicking ass, doesn't matter, taking names, you know it. Joyce Grable, ladies and gentlemen, Joyce, thank you so much for being here.
3: Oh, I'm so glad to be here. You know, I love wrestling, I love wherever I went, and I enjoy reminiscing. And bringing up things that i've forgotten about so you just hit me with your best
0: shot well we're gonna have plenty of good questions for you today and i want to start in part one you you mentioned obviously you really can't get into your career without discussing the time you spent under training under the fabulous mullah but i was hoping to expand a bit on that part of your career how you got into it uh, and your time with Moolah, I, I wonder. Angelo touched on in the first part w- w- the motivation behind what br- you know what brought you to wrestling in a time when women's wrestling wasn't really uh, a big thing. I'm curious, who specifically were you watching as a teenager growing up? Who, who were the women that you watched that you said that you know that made you want to seek out somebody like Moolah? Um, well, I am
3: really Moolah. More- Vicki Williams that night that we went to Atlanta. I think that was the first time I really saw girl wrestlers uh, in person. I'd seen them on TV, but not in person. And when we went to Atlanta, the auditorium that night, and Moore we and Vicki Vicky Williams was such a great wrestler too. In fact, she became my partner, and we won the belt in that. But when I saw him, I didn't want to be a wrestler. Mullah saw me and asked my the girl that wanted to be a wrestler. Uh, she wanted to be a wrestler, and so she said, "Only if you bring the blonde sitting next to you." And so,
0: so she caught me into it.
4: So,
3: so you kind of
0: now you we you were pretty, pretty much recruited. Yes, yeah.
3: it was, if I didn't go, she couldn't go. And she really wanted to be a wrestler. And so I said, okay, I'll go with you. And then she didn't make it and I did. So that was that. Kind of, but I was a natural. Uh, I could do fine head scissors and drop kick within two weeks and most people can't. But I had all these brothers until so I was in good physical condition, in nineteen to be that far away from home. <clears throat> but I did it. And listening to people when they say, "My poor baby, going off and only uh, nineteen to twenty years old," lady, I was in Japan, Australia, New Zealand, and I mean, I could call and say, "Mama, come get me," <laughs> you know you had to grow up quick. And with Mula, you grow up because it was up to you uh, to, we called in when we got to where we were going. We called in, gave you the phone number, our hotel where we were staying, and then if we got booked before we left that territory, then we would just move on to the next territory. the workouts were hard, the workouts twice a day for at least two hours a day. And I mean, we were so sore. And I would be on the road and come back home, one or two girls would be gone, came and left. And I wouldn't even meet them. Uh, and because everybody's just not cut out to be a wrestler. It's hard work. It's not just getting out there posing like the everyday things are today. You didn't go out there posing, looking at the camera, smiling sweetly. Only if you the baby face did you do that. And with a feel, you kept your composure as a feel the whole time.
0: That's true. Back back then, the the merchandise, what, what there would have been, the ticket sales, the, the fan interactions, that was all faces. Now, I'm curious. Uh, I want to kind of segue. You, you brought up a good thing. Uh, uh, Bill Dundee is a f- friend of the program. He's been on the show numerous times. Uh, he has a lot of good stories about wrestling in Australia, and he's never really mentioned, got into much of women's wrestling in Australia. You mentioned being, obviously, touring Australia what was the what was the atmosphere like? Uh, how was women's wrestling perceived in Australia?
3: I was only there for one one night, and so I only did that one. And went to New Zealand for two weeks. Uh, it's right there. That, that was just like a stopover till I got to New Zealand. Um, so I don't know that really that much about Australia. But New Zealand, I love New Zealand. Mm-hmm. New Zealand was right in, in they. I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not um, They speak English, so you didn't have to do another language. Right. Uh, and the restaurants closed uh, from like they were open from that morning to eleven o'clock, and then they closed to two o'clock. Opened back up for a few hours. But you don't notice when you first get there, and so we get up late because you know we work the night before and we get up late. And we got up and no food. We had to wait till that afternoon when they opened back up for dinner before we could eat them. Uh, so the, and, and their TV was like 20 years behind our television. Uh, the shows and stuff. So they were
0: a little backwards than us, but I really... I was over there with Rick Martel and um, Leilani Pye, and, and a few of books. So we, we really had fun over there. Well, let me, uh, let me bounce you off here. Uh, Mikey, I see you kind of nodding along. Um, I want to give bounce the next question to you. You want to expand on this?
2: Yeah, well, Joyce, I mean, just... One thing I read about your career, and maybe this was covered on the, the first episode with you a month ago, um, but from what I read, and correct me if I have this wrong, but you came in as Joyce Grable, um, and you were kind of named in honor of Judy Grable, who was a pioneer in women's wrestling, but there was, there was another lady that wrestled with the Joyce Grable moniker, but they thought that you could kind of do a better job or or evolve the Joyce Grable persona. And to me, this was fascinating. Can you explore that topic a little bit more?
3: Yes. The the first Joyce Grable, her name was Joyce Fowler. And then she married George Beckham. And she wrestled under Barbara Nichols for a while, and then she wrestled under Joyce Fowler. She only lasted on the Joyce Grable for a very short period of time. And then when she left, her, she married George Becker and wanted to have babies. You know how it goes. So when I went, Emil showed me a picture of what Joyce, does Joyce Grable look like. And we had the same, at that day and age of me, uh, features. I mean, we didn't look a lot alike but we had the same features, same bite, body type. So she asked me, would I consider going under Joyce Grable? I took, oh, that sounds a lot better than my real name, so that's fine with me. And so I stayed with Joyce Grable, and uh, and I was number one with Joyce
4: Grable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. I, I did it and I gave it all I could. Every territory and I really like territories. I went into. We always had a. I never had a. Out and out squabble with. One of the uh, the the ones booked in or the owner of the territory. The only person I didn't get along with. Was Nick Goulas. And he was the only person that, when I asked him for my money, when I was leaving the territory, that I told him two days before we're leaving and we're going to Kansas City, and then up to Calgary, and so I need my money, and he wouldn't give me my money before I left. And so we kind of had—I mean, I've already worked it. He, you know, he owed me this money, so I just said, "Lillian, never send me back to Tennessee." The rest of the people in Tennessee, I loved. The other part, Knoxville, I liked, but Nick Lewis and me, you know, he should have gave me my money. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> hey, that water under the bridge. I got to the next town. I got. Had to use the
0: old plastic, but who cares that's what it's for. Angelo, go ahead.
1: Joyce, did you know that you actually wrestled with my ex wife? Oh, who's your
3: ex
1: wife? She wrestled under the name Kim Novak. She worked for Nick Goulis and Anne Jeanette. Oh
3: no, i I remember Anjanette, yes.
1: Yeah. My my ex-wife was her tag team partner.
3: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: The the blonde girl, big big chest and big blonde hair. <laughs>
3: oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But, so. Name,
1: you mentioned you Nick on... Goulis. We've had, um, you know, as Dan said, we had Nick. Uh, we had Bill Dundee on the show, uh, and Bill's a good friend of the show, and he's talked right. about Nick Goulis. Why didn't Nick have such a horrible, horrible reputation in the Tennessee Territory? What was his problem?
3: I, he just thought that like the, the Mexican two boys, when they came in, he would take their visas and their passports because that was controlled for him. Um, and so he thought that he could control everybody. And a few of the guys would let him get over with control. A few of the guys would bucket. him. And if he liked you, he, he would keep you up every day. To them, he was the nicest person in the world. But, and he had always been nice to me up to that night. And so I don't maybe he was just having a bad day.
1: No, everyone told us, uh, and and Dan and Mikey have been part of the, uh, past shows, everyone told us that Nick Goulas was just a horrible cheapskate, that he didn't like to pay people. They said he had his yeah. favorites. Mm-hmm. He had his favorites, that he would take care of his favorites, and then everybody else, he would just kind of uh, stiff them on their pay. Right. That's
3: crazy. Yeah, I mean, and that's, just, that's exactly. And that's not how you keep the territory going. You had to treat everyone the same. Uh, because no matter what, it's like, I could go in there with a girl, even if we had words outside the range. When it came to business, I could go in there and have as good a match with her as I could. If I was working with my best friend,
1: uh, because yeah. I never let that interfere with my work. Yeah. Dan, I just, can I ask a follow up? Yeah, go ahead. I have, I, one of the things that I wanted to cover on the first show that I wasn't able to cover because we were very limited on time that night and we've got a lot more time tonight. So we're good to go. Um, uh, is that one of the things I wanted to ask you was your family? What did your family think of of this whole wrestling thing for you? Did you get a lot of pushback, or uh, what was what was the whole kind of feel from from like your you know family or siblings, you know parents, whatever? Well, my like time I
3: never smartened up none of my family. My mother when she went to the matches after I was working for a while. And she would go, uh, she would think it was real, and she would really get upset. And I, would never, I, I never told her any different. The day she died, my brothers, and even my husband. I was married, you know, for that, for three years. And my husband would go, uh, if if it was drivable with me. I never smartened him up. He never did. (laughs) Uh, I mean, and he would ride with me. And and sleep with me. But he never knew that how things work the inner of the wrestling business. Uh, And that's the way we did things back then. Uh, You know, we never broke broke our cafe. We never told anyone. Uh, and so it made it a lot better. We had our own little language we would speak, and, and so it was fun. I had a, a very fun time, you know, with the 30 years I did that.
0: Well, let me let me ask. Uh, uh expanding on that. You obviously are, you're a multi-time champion throughout the NWA, the South. You, you mentioned Tennessee, some of the other territories. Was there any territories in that time period when you were on the road that you wanted to work and never got a chance to?
3: No, I think I worked every. But I never got to work a lot. This who was my partner. Her and I, that got to go over into Alaska and work for a week or so, Uh, but the closest I ever came was when I was up there for Calgary. We went to Vancouver and, you know, just right over there in Alaska. Uh, But I never got to work Alaska. All of the other states, I worked.
0: Okay, and And, 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 uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, Well, then, then having to, uh, again, more on the territories, um, at, at the time, and it's come up numerous times on the show, a lot of the talents that were coming through that, that talked about the styles they encountered. Obviously, Southern wrestling had its own style. Texas wrestling had its own style. There was the the Canadian style. And names like uh, the Dynamite Kid, for example, where he he was renowned for being good because he was able to learn the Canadian style and the southern style. And he learned the Japanese style as someone who traveled as much as you did. How did you adapt to the local talents that you would be working with that would wrestle such vastly different styles? And like you said, week after week, we having to having to wrestle in you know Calgary and Tennessee. Might as well have been wrestling on two different planets.
3: What you got to remember, we usually work against smaller groups. So even though we'd be in a different territory, it was, we was against someone that we knew how they wrestled. Uh, When I was in Mexico, Mexico, they take the rolling box like the WWE does now, when you see how they train us, they take the rolling Okay, we took flat bumps. The back bumps, the belly bumps, we would take flat bumps. they take rolling bumps. And then they would do little uh, things like uh, a shoulder tackle, drop down, this, this. Up. And here in the States, the girls didn't usually do that. And then when he went to Japan, they had their own little style. There was just chairs outside. I could hit you in the head of the chair. And so you had to really watch them and be ready to duck into... You couldn't take it. You had to have eyes in the back of your head because uh, they had their style in Japan. Uh, and I really liked all of them. I always picked up a movie or so from those girls that I would wrestle over there. But here in the States, like, okay, New Zealand. When Leilani Kai and I went to New Zealand, they wrestled in rounds. And so it was so hard that first time, we didn't know it was close out here. And they came to the and told us we have a surprise around. for you.
0: Yes, um, Joyce. I'm sorry to cut you off. We have a, a guest that's called us in. You can hear us. Yes. Uh, yes. Joyce, you're on the line with Judy. Uh, Judy Martin.
5: Oh, hi,
4: hey, Josh. Judy. <laughs> How you doing, How girl? are you? I'm doing um, you? good considering the
5: time. Yes. I'm so glad to hear from you. Yeah, me too.
1: So what you we, been up we to? We do that. <laughs> we we do that. We like to surprise people, J- Joyce. And uh, I spoke to Judy today, and I said, uh, I said, Judy, would you do me a favor? We got the Joyce Grable on the show tonight. I would love for you to do a run in a couple of minutes and, and talk to <laughs> her. We'll surprise her tonight. And of course, you know Judy being very gracious said, "Absolutely, son. we'll call you at eight o'clock." Yeah, uh, there's your old tag team partner. There you go. So hey, I want you hey. ladies to catch up a little bit. Talk.
3: Uh, he what well, he said? That he watched us, the two girls against the two guys uh, this week uh, and stuff and. That night, the two guys were across the Omni from us. We did not know if they got side headlocked the same way we did. We didn't know even if they locked up the same way we did. But if you watch that video, we give them hell. And we really have a good match with them.
4: Well,
1: I I have another surprise for you. Judy okay. and Joyce, I have another surprise for both of you. We actually okay. found we actually found the match of you and Judy against the two guys.
4: Are you kidding? Oh. And we're
1: gonna we're gonna show it. We're gonna show it to you right now. Okay. Okay. Here it is. When's the last time you saw this?
5: I, it's been a long time. time, and I haven't really yeah. seen them all.
3: I haven't really
1: seen the, ma- Jude,
5: really seen the match always through. We're watching you through. and
1: Joyce in a uh, a mixed match with two guys here.
5: Yes, <laughs> Steve O oh, and um. <laughs> Yeah, that's a guy. That was at the
2: Omni years and years ago. So Thanksgiving night, 1980, the annual tag team tournament that took place at the Omni, right. and apparently you two had to um, petition the NWA, and it was kind of like a woman's lib, a woman's empowerment angle, that got you into the tournament, and you're facing Steve Olzanski and uh, Jacques Rougeau, who would go on to a lot of uh, WWF yeah. fame. I believe. Mikey,
1: why don't you do the play by play and tell Joyce and Judy what we're seeing?
2: Okay. Well, we're uh, in the Omni. Now, for those that don't know, there's a kick out from uh, Steve O. I think that's uh, Judy in the red and Joyce in the uh, white, if I'm not mistaken. And I yeah. think this Al- is <laughs> Joyce in the ring now. Olsonowski was going for a single leg. Uh, Joyce kicked out. Judy's given Steve a little hell from the apron. Uh, Steve's a little bit uh, confounded in his own thoughts right here, but he seems to be handling most of the match for him and the young Jacques Rougeau. Uh, I'm not sure who the referee is right now for this, but it looks like it could be a young Scrappy McGowan perhaps, or yes. possibly yes. Tommy Young. Scrappy
3: uh, McGowan.
2: It's Scrappy, okay. So now we're in the corner. Huh? Steve choked. Judy's cheating. Yep, well, Joyce is getting a few shots Judy in. Judy Martin is cheating. Steve was in enemy territory, and now Scrappy is trying to get this thing under control. The fans are very in tune to this. Of course, this is uh, 1980. We're, we're a couple of years away from Geraldine Ferraro running for vice president with Walter Mondale. That hasn't even happened yet. Steve-O now with the hammer lock on Joyce, the tag to the young Jacques Rougeau, who comes in with the front face lock. Uh, Jacques here is probably only about 210 pounds. He gained a lot more weight uh, later on in his career. Uh, Judy's coming in now to make the save and put uh, Jacques into a front face lock. Show him really done and get a <laughs> few forearms on the back of the neck and the vertebrae, the C5 vertebrae, while she's at it. Uh, knee to the midsection. Uh, looks like an underneath choke type maneuver from Joyce. On Jacques, uh, we're moving forward a little bit. It looks like a body slam has been reversed. And now Judy's getting a two count, of very close to a three. The referee might have been showing a little favoritism. Looks like a small package here by uh, Judy Martin. Jacques is trying to fire up, but once again, he's confounded. And the two ladies are really dominating the action. And now we have a tag out. Here comes Steve-O back in. Trying to get this thing up, oh, a nice kick to the midsection for his trouble. Um, Judy Martin now, yep, she's up in the air for it looks like a body slam attempt by the young Jack Rougeau. He's got her overhead. He's got her in position for a full power slam. Plants her down to the mat. Might have gotten a little bit of a uh, oh, there's a three count. Oh. It looked like a little bit of a fast three. And Steve Olzanowski and Jacques Rougeau barely survived this uh, tag team tournament match. But yeah. they, I, I think they were so weakened, from my understanding, they didn't go much further in the tournament than that.
1: When's the last? That's been a little, a little while since you saw that one.
5: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah but
3: didn't you see some good punches
1: in there? Yeah, but you uh, guys when, cheat like when, a son of a gun.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We had to. We were women. They were men. If we hadn't, it wouldn't have even been
1: as close as what it was. uh, I'll tell you what. You you guys, Judy, you remember this match, obviously. Not yet. I'll tell you what. You guys, you know what? You you know, you and I have to tell you, you're both beautiful women, uh, you know, and both at the top of your game. There was no need to cheat like that, but I understand why you did. I understand why you, you had to even out the playing field. But, you know, at the time, did you guys know that you were making history?
3: Yes, because Ole Anderson, you know, he was the book And Ole said, I'm going to do this. Vern Gagne called him up and said, No, you're not. There is no way you're gonna put two girls against two guys. The people aren't going to buy it. It's gonna be just, uh, you know, vulgarity. Just it's gonna be this and that. And so Ollie said, "No, I'm gonna wait another couple of of weeks because every week Judy and I would go to Atlanta and uh, make promos and stuff." And I wrestled a girl every week. uh, Sabrina, Victoria, all of them. And and I would beat them to lead up to this match. And so Judy and I we would do it. And and so Bobby Bobby, uh, only told Bobby Simmons you go sit at ringside if During the match, if you start hearing vulgarity and stuff from the audience about crotch shots, you know, just vulgar stuff, you just go in, stop the match, uh, this and that, and just stop the match. Those people, they weren't thinking vulgarity. They were thinking if you could hurt the sound of that match, they were hollering, to "Kill us, kill us!" the whole time. Yeah, you know, the way you supposed to get hit, the way you build them up, build them up, build them up, and then you give them the big mm.
1: slam. Dan, That's I have it. a question for Judy. Judy, Angelo here. How you done? Yes. Yeah. Okay. What was your What was your game plan going into this match?
5: Game plan was just as we were out there to, you know, to prove that women could hang in there in a men's match, just as good as a men's Because we trained. The only thing is we trained on a little different side at that time. But so we could do just about anything those guys could do, and it was our chance to really to prove that. And um, so Joyce and I just um, got together and said, "Hey, we do what we can to win." Well, as, uh,
0: as as Mikey pointed out, between the front kicks and the face locks, there were some stuff you definitely did better than the men in that match. But yeah. um, I, I'm curious, uh, Judy, uh, on your on the when you were on the program the other day, we kind of touched on m- the modern women and the evolution. You could never have a match like that in today's wrestling because it, no one would take it seriously. Do you think that's more of a testament of the changing of the times or the fact that the women of your generation were booked to be as tough, badass as as any male competitor was?
5: I think the women was booked, you know, and should be badass as the guys was back then. I mean, for a while there, you know, in the new generation is you all divas what they call the divas generation and stuff yeah which i think down, i think i still think that downplayed a lot of the women today from that era there but i mean they got some good women out there now She's that right. can really work and stuff like that but i don't think they're um taught the psychology like we were taught the psychology because psychology has you know like i said has a hundred percent to do with the match
1: I have a question for both of you. If Dan, if you don't mind, can I no, ask go a ahead. question? Okay. Um, we've had conversations about Moolah on the show before. She was a tough trainer. But they said that if Mula liked you, she was extra hard on you. Why was that? Why did you find that if that Moolah was harder on the people that she liked? Well, it's if-
3: According to what
1: you mean by harder on you? Well, um, that she would she, uh, okay. we were told uh by by other female wrestlers that if Moola liked you, she would really push you to try to bring that quality out of you. That she was harder on the people that she liked. Yeah, she wanted to,
4: to
3: push you to do your best. She did.
4: And yeah, and that, she that's, would that's say, what I'm no, getting. Do, at. Yeah. <laughs>
3: can do it better. You can do it. And I appreciated that because it made me get to the point that I could throw the best drop kick from the turnbuckles. And that was my finishing thing for a long time was the drop kick from the turn? I saw Becky Lynch do it. I've seen a lot of the girls of today do the drop kick from the turnbuckle. Uh, but if she hadn't pushed me that you can do this, Joyce, then I never would have tried it. Because getting up that high and jumping off, you know, that's a big bump. And But see, back then, if we did two or three big bumps during the match, that was all we had to do. Uh, when they start out, bump, 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 bump. They're so fast today that you can't see what they're doing. If they just slow it down just a little bit and can see it and the people get into it and then the people, the audience will tell you what they want mm-hmm. and then you just give them what they want and you have a good match and didn't have to take it two or three bumps. Uh Judy will tell you we, we would go out there. We could have great matches together, or as partners. And we didn't bump that much. We mine it took three, four bumps during the whole match. But if you give the people what they want to see, then they are gonna appreciate it better. G-
0: Judy, to uh, expand on that, is is that why you uh, that 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 what she was saying about the bumps? Is that why? Careers, the average careers of of the female wrestlers back in your generation, are longer than what we're seeing today.
5: Yeah, because you had to be taught the right way to take a bump, and yeah. you know, and there's always a you know a reason for every bump you take. There should be a reason why you're taking that bump, and um, you got to you got to protect yourself out there. So you you have to be taught the right way to do a bump, and that's how you last longer in this business. And we worked. Sometimes we worked like, um, you know, every night of the week, and sometimes on Sundays we work two matches on Sundays and Saturdays.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh. and I
5: think this this time it's more like, um, you know, I've seen them land a lot of them land on their hip the hips and stuff like that. So it you know a lot yes. of it has to do with the correct way to take you take your bump and stuff.
3: Okay. They do the rolling the bump instead of the flat bumps. Uh, it, because, Judy, remember, we were taught to take the flat bumps. And this day, they rolled. And when they rolled, either their shoulders hit or the hips hit first. And that's reason they had to have so many surgeries.
0: As a, as a fan that's watched matches for decades, you know, across decades, the flat bump looks a lot more realistic and natural as a fall as well. Right. Well, Mikey, I'm going to defer to you here. You've got two legends of female wrestling on the line. You want to add to this?
2: Yeah, I do. Um, I guess, you know, what I was watching the last couple of days uh, for research for this episode um, was... uh, just the interest level in women's wrestling, although there was less women's wrestlers in the, say, the 80s than there, than there is in 2020, when you ladies came to town, um, and it was for, for people to get a full grasp of this, the women's wrestlers were not on every single show. They weren't on every single TV episode. Women's wrestling was viewed, and this is a, a compliment to you ladies, please take it that way, as almost like when Andre the Giant came to town. Like it was a, a unique attraction that people could get behind and be excited by, or if there was a battle royal. Back in the day, there wasn't a battle royal on every show either. So when the women came and did a match, it, it, it percolated interest. Um, and I, I remember seeing, uh, I think it was, um, Joyce, you were in a tag team match in a Madison Square Garden, that uh, had a lot of uh, interaction between yourself and and Gilberto Roman, the referee. And uh, when I was a kid, Gilberto Roman was the referee that just had this look that he was always confused by where he was. Like he he thought he was going to be delivering pizzas that night, and somehow he ended up in Madison Square Garden as a referee. But I, I just wondered if you could expound upon... Those kind of light moments, almost like when I, when I say comedy moments, it's more like the Terry Funk type of comedy. But when you and, and Gilberto Roman or even Dick Worley, you had some moments with Dick Worley, uh, same type of thing. Oh. Were, was that like kind of mm-hmm. something you guys would work out, you and Dick or you and Gilberto? Would you work it out before the show? Or was that just spontaneous uh, fun that you were having?
3: On the That's what I was saying you Listen to what the people want And you get it to them We didn't work out, uh, I think you're referring to the match With me and Timmy Mitchell And right. Dick Worley was
5: wrestling.
2: Yeah in Philadelphia and I think she,
3: she was really young And so We did Me and Dick just had the match uh, And he was so good I I would would tell him, keep my hand in or not and he, you know, Dick was so good. But then when she threw me off and I got on his back, I knew he was gonna stand up and back drop me off. And when he did, the people, if you listen to the people on that text, they popped. I mean, they were just right there on the edge of their seats and they were ready for it. you see, and we didn't plan none of that. We didn't plan it. We didn't say, Now this tense up was under nothing. We went out there, Penny knew how to take the bond, and she knew how to listen to what I was saying to her. And so and then Dick would too, Dick would do anything. You know, he, he didn't care. Uh he he was a great referee. I really liked him. And so we, got, we had the match. Nobody knew that uh, Mitchell was new. They didn't know it because he walked around it. And that's how you have to do when you're walking with a new person. You just walk around them, make them look good, and then do the finish. Uh, and so, I mean, the people loved it, and that's what counts. If you get
0: them up and bring them down, and then they're still screaming at you, then you know you did your job. Very true. Well, Ju- Judy, um, I'm going to ask you to, to to tell a little bit of a story here. How was how was that, having to deal with a the tag team partner who was so interested in hot-dogging with the referees? Did you have to kind of carry that, or, or was that something you all played in the corner?
5: N- no, I mean – Everything that happened, we just went out to it. Sometimes, you know, a lot of times, like Joyce says, I mean, I, I've been in the matches with the referee too, where the girl, like Leilani, sometimes she ended up accidentally on the referee. And I thought, like, oh, okay, I see that. So she, yeah, i go in and join right on in with that. <laughs> That's my time. A lot of times when I did that, that was my time shoot, I'd teach that referee anything
2: I could get to do at that time when he was down rolling because he didn't know who did it. <laughs> <laughs> go, go ahead, Mikey. What do you got? I, I wanted to follow up with uh, Judy Martin on this one because, Judy, one thing that kind of uh, enraged me in the last year or two, and I'm, I'm known as the angry wrestling fan at times, is that the WWE in 2019 was promoting – what they called the first-ever women's tag team title. And I was very upset and offended because I fully remembered and enjoyed the Glamour Girls, yourself and the aforementioned Walani Kai as the women's world tag team champions of the World Wrestling Federation in 1988, uh, actually being featured at uh, Survivor Series 1987. Um, with a very good match, uh, and you were in there with Sensational Sherry and Fabulous Moolah and Rockin' Robin, and then you actually uh, had a title defense that got a lot of attention against a team called the Jumping Bomb Angels at the very first Royal Rumble in 1988. And all that uh, history, I believe you two regained the titles with manager Jimmy Hart in your quarter. This is Judy Martin and Lalani Kai, as the Glamour Girls, and so when the modern-day WWE was trying to tell us that Sasha Banks and Bailey were their first-ever women's champion in this Elimination Chamber thing, I took great exception to that. I was very uh, upset with the WWE lying about their own history. Do you have any comment on that, Miss uh, Judy Martin?
5: Well... I really don't don't understand why that they would say that when they know that, I mean, the tapes are out there. And I mean, I know that they got a lot of tapes of us and the jumping bomb angels out there. And I get letters, you know, at least one or two every week, you know, wanting autographs and stuff about that book with the bomb angels. But I just didn't understand that why he never claimed with Leilani and I, because we went through a lot with him and he knows the situation and everything. That we went through with him when we became the glamour girls up there and all so um i never did understand that and to this day i don't understand that Not can, he just can he i answer it for him, you what's that
1: judy can i answer it for you sure because, because vince mcmahon jr is ashamed of wrestling and he's trying to rewrite history hmm. Yep. That that's why. Well, that,
5: well, that doesn't kind of make it sense isn't it? because that's what's made him a billionaire.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That that brings us to, and I'm sure Dan will expound on it. This whole idea of sports entertainment versus wrestling. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. It, since since we've got you both here, I I know um, you, you're both still. Relatively, you mentioned fan interactions. I know involvements in conventions and other things. Uh, this this evolution at some point. I mean, I can kind of, as a fan, I re- I can tell you exactly when it started. But but where, where wrestling got away from wrestling into the entertainment venue. You, you, Joyce, you mentioned the the flips and bump 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 bump. It, wrestling got away from being a fight. And got into being a stunt show. These are these are actors, and you see that with you, you uh, Judy. Before you called in, Joyce was telling the stories about the territory days. You had to go and perform for different crowds, and different mannerisms, in Canada and the South. But you have these 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 women and men today who are trained from day one, the second they walk in the door to play a character. You you are you have one gimmick. That's all you're ever going to learn how to do for your whole career. And if that doesn't work, you see in the middle of pay-per-view matches, deer in the headlight looks from a wrestler because they have no idea what to do. This spot isn't ready or this one moment's not ready. There's no planning. It, it, as Angelo loves to say, they don't call it in the ring anymore. And I'm right. wondering where where would would that idea fit because you you two are are from the era of the toughest nails where like mikey said the women were the were a big attraction where where would that attitude fit or or would would those women who come in expecting to play one character and want have the, the same five minute match every week would they have ever survived would there be any saving grace for them going to say mula school or working with one of you two
3: well, I'd say Judy and work. I could work. I think some- yeah.
5: Go ahead, Judy. Okay, I think some of them would have survived. Yeah. Not, not all, but some would.
3: Because, see, Judy and I were trained. We could lead them, uh, but they're not trained how to take a bump these days. Uh, like I said, they do the little rolling
4: stuff
3: yeah. If they were to just take a bump We could go. Judy and I could go out there with them or with that broomstick and have a match
4: mm-hmm.
3: and you would believe it because of the way we would sell for that broom That's the reason nowadays if, if they're over and they got the long blonde hair with all the extensions and stuff, they don't want to sell. They don't want to get hurt. They don't want to see no blood. But they want to just look at the camera and smile and be pretty. Yeah. We didn't think about being pretty. We didn't think about if we had our eyelashes on because mm-hmm. back in those days, we would have sweated that stuff off.
4: Well, or then, either
3: one of the girls flying Meredith by the hair, and our extensions would have came off
1: in their hands. <laughs> exactly, you know no, what? I
0: was just about to say that.
1: We we talked about that. Remember, Dan?
0: Yeah, the, on the first right. show, the, the fact that the hair mare is a move you don't see anymore. Yeah. Because most of the what? women on TV can't yeah, take Yeah, Joyce,
1: off. you don't see that anymore. No, beca-
3: because they don't have the real hair. Uh, it, yeah. The extensions have come out. Uh, and so you don't see that and that is such a pretty mood when you find and them by the hair, especially when you have long hair
1: they're afraid they might uh, break a nail now damn
3: right they're <laughs> afraid. And, and you can't be if you're going to wrestle you got to be able to wrestle if you're married to a wrestler make him teach you how to wrestle don't go out there acting like a fool and taking bumps that shouldn't be taken, are either smiling when you, when you just had a big punch, sell it, at least sell it, so that they can have time to do something. Nowadays, if they mess up a spot, like throw them to the corner and they fall down before they get to the corner, the other person just stands there and goes, oh wow, they don't not go. Just go get them and bait on them some more. I mean, yeah. take back over something else. They don't know how to follow through with anything because if it's not in that script, written down, if it goes wrong, yeah. they're lost. Absolutely,
1: Dan. Be- before mm-hmm. I go, because I I know that uh, you're running the show tonight, so I'm gonna I'm gonna head out. But before I go, I just want to ask Judy Martin and Joyce Grable. um, Women traditionally were not really known for their promos. But there were a couple of women who cut really good promos. Let's start with Joyce first. Joyce, in your opinion, who gave the best promo in in the women's division? Who cut the best promo in your in your day
4: well
3: the thing is back in my day we worked territory so we never uh they would have us on tv the last week to film that show didn't show until we had already left the territory and once you went to another territory you didn't have cable tv so you couldn't see what they were doing in that territory So we really never got to see or hear. Our matches. Until. Ted Turner until we got 17 and all that TBS. Uh, but we couldn't really hear all of the things that were said. Now I thought Sherry Martell after she started into it that she could do good, good, good interviews. I I like Sherry because Sherry was Sherry. (laughs) And so, I mean, she was a great person. And we all have our demons and stuff, things we fight every day. But Sherry was a a baby doll. I mean, she was was a great person.
1: Yeah, you know, know, Sherry Martell's best friend is my next door neighbor. Oh. Yeah, Kathy Fitzpatrick. Oh, yeah. She's been on the show too, talking about Sherry. Um, Judy, how about you? Who was who was the best promo in your in your opinion?
5: I think she, I agree with Joyce Terry because um, Terry, Terry was I mean Terry was a natural at it. Yes. You know, she I mean she could go she could go out there, and I spent time with the, um Terry. I Me and her went to Japan and stuff like that, and. When we were over there, you know, we would we would practice stuff over there, and she would say, "Judy, come here. What do you think about this?" And she would start talking and everything. I said, "Okay, great, Sherry." <laughs> she said, "What? Okay, I'm gonna be. Um, I would interview her, and she would really get into it. So I mean, it was great. I thought she was really good at that. And it's just too bad that you know, that she went out the way she did."
1: Yeah. Hmm.
5: No. Well, and i I'll tell like, you what,
1: it yeah. was an honor speaking to you guys. I'm going to have to leave, but I am I will leave you in the able hands of Mike Messier and Dan the man. Um, Dan, thank you. Uh, you're yes, doing sir. a great job of, of you know, um, <laughs> captaining the ship tonight. So uh, Papa Bear is, is taking the night off. I just wanted to come in and, uh, and say hi to my girls tonight. I so, understand. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Joyce. I'll give you both oh. a call. I'll give you a call tomorrow. I'll say hi to you. Okay. 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 Thank bye. you. Enjoy. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. Take care. Thank you, Dan. You I got it, Mikey. Take care.
2: See you, buddy.
0: Well, while we've got you both on the line, ladies, um, you you mentioned Sherry Martell. I want to transition into another question for that, and that's uh, the the. Joy, something that might strike a little close to your heart. The the WWE had a had announced a female battle royal that was going to be part of the WrestleMania festivities, and they named it in honor of, of Mula, which uh, they they ended up dropping after some some stories and, and various things that we'll we'll touch on later. However, uh, Chris Jericho mentioned in his podcast the he pitched the idea to name it after Sherry Martel after they had dropped Mula he specifically he wanted to call it the sensational invitational which was shot down so uh Judy I'm going to go to you first if if Mula wasn't on the table who would you have if you could pick anybody from the annals of res- of female wrestling history who would you memorialize on that trophy
5: I would probably went with the, um um sherry, because I mean I think that sensational would invitation would have was a was a great idea, you know, or they could have they could have won an all american women battle role mhm I, I think they had a lot of you know a lot of opportunities there to bring in a different thing about women and everything, but I mean they could have done you know sherry. Okay. And I did. I wonder how come. I wonder how come they didn't even go with May Young, you
2: know? They had well, already I, done yeah. the Mae
0: Young tournament. I was gonna say they had the the May Young Classic, their women annual women's tournament. Um, Joyce, I guess I'll go to you then. Obviously, you know your your history with May. Uh, excuse me, your history with Moola is well documented. Assuming her name is off the table, would you have? Would you? Do you? Are you with Judy? Would you have uh, memorialized Sherry Martell in the trophy, or would you have done the more all women's, women, you know, just kind of like like the way they have it now with their, it's just the women's battle royal.
3: I would have went with just in general because if you're going to not put mullahs on it because some people saying bad, bad things about her, look at the way Sherry died, look at her history. Uh, if you're going to put one of them down, one sin's no greater than the other sin. And so, if you're gonna say we're gonna put it to someone that hadn't sinned as much, then you might as well knock out every one of them, because all of us have sinned one way or another, and so we shouldn't be downing someone for doing it. They should have never took Mullah's name off of it. I can can respect that. And that's I,
5: well,
0: the way I will, I will say, and Mikey, I know, is a notorious nitpicker. At least they could have designed a trophy that wasn't so intentionally uterus-shaped. Right?
2: Well, uh, my thing was just, I want to follow up with um, Joyce on about Fabulous Moolah because I watched a few of your interviews in preparation for this uh, Wrestling with the Future podcast, um, Joyce, and... You were staunchly defending Fabulous Moolah, and, and several other of your peers were as well. Ladies that worked with Moolah and, and worked, I guess you could say, for her or were trained by her. And, and many of you um, brought up the same type of points, but because the Dark Side of the Ring episode uh, had painted Moolah in a certain certain way... Uh, the WWE was kind of quick to switch gears and and get rid of Mula's name on that women's battle royal at Mania. And, uh, you know, e- they even kind of downplayed the importance of that battle royal because a young woman, I believe Naomi, won the thing and she was supposed to get a title match, which she never got mm-hmm. for winning the battle royal. So I, I guess I would just like to extend the opportunity on this platform, if you have anything Further, you'd like to say about Fabulous Moolah, your experiences with her, or if you'd like to uh, further deny the allegations against her on her behalf. One thing I will say real quick is that, you know, when somebody passes away, when someone has died, it's very easy to say what a bad person they are. But when they're alive and they, <laughs> and they can defend themselves, then they, they, then that's a different story, apparently, in the wrestling business.
3: Right, because, see, the thing is, they would have never said it if she was alive, because I don't hear if she was 102. She'd have came at you tooth and nails, because she was a tough old woman, and, I mean, and that's just the way she was. Um, sure, she did some things, but so did all of us. I can't say nothing bad about her because hey, I was out there having fun. And and so I know that what I did sometimes might have made the girls look bad, you know, if someone was pointing fingers at me. But like I said, I just hope and pray that nobody goes up to my closet and shakes it and my skeleton start coming out. And because if I'm dead, I'm going to haunt them. So they better <laughs> do it while I'm alive so I can go and punch them right in the face and say, you say it to this ugly face of mine. Because if you ain't got the balls to say it to my face, don't you be saying it when I'm dead. And, and that's what Mo would have said. And I know she would have. And I, you know, and like the thing didn't come out about the dark side until after they done said we're not I'm doing a little mm-hmm. but on there the preacher man the, mother, the brother he should have said his only word should have been ye who without sin cast the first stone which is if you have never committed a sin then you just down as much as you want to but if you've even slept with them outside of marriage, if you've ever took God's name in vain, if you've done all of these bad things, you have no right to condemn another person. I won't preach anymore. Go ahead with the next
0: question. You, you know, Joyce, you and and you answered <laughs> Angelo's question by telling him that you couldn't cut a promo. And that was better. That right there was better than half of what's on television today. And you just pulled that out uh, from pure emotion, sit, sitting on what looks like a nice chair at, your, at home. But you said something <laughs> yes. I want to touch on. Uh, Judy, I'm going to ask you to expand on this. She said when, when we were wrestling, it was fun. There are so many people in the business today that, that by their own admission, it's a business. They don't care about wrestling. They don't care about the business. They don't. They they are making money, or they want to be in Hollywood, or they want to be in the magazines, and wrestling is the way to do that. That's you got a lot of these deep, uh, women that were fitness models, or uh, certain male wrestlers that straight up, openly don't care. They're there for the payday. Where where do where do you fit? I, obviously, you you were in in for for the the joy as well. But what is your thought on the fact that 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 spark is gone? That that there's so many people in the business that aren't in it for fun or the love anymore. They see wrestling as money. Well, I
4: said well, Go ahead,
3: Judy. Go
5: ahead, Judy. Go ahead, Judy. I, go
0: ahead said,
5: Judy. I said that 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 is the key word right there. Wrestling. They're they're not they don't have the love for the business sense of wrestling. They don't look at it as a wrestling business. Like you say, they, it's a hop to the movies or whatever in order to be good. I mean, to be good, you really got to love what you did. And you know, if fun comes along, if you have fun in your, what you do when you work, and that's any job, if you work any Mm -hmm. job and you having fun at your job, you're gonna do the best you can and you gonna stay with it.
0: as uh, Nathalie old... have... Oh go ahead, I'm sorry. And we
5: did have a lot of, we did have a lot of fun on the road. We were in like we were with different territories. You know, we may be back in that territory the next year. And uh we only got to see the guys, you know, whenever we went to the territories and everything, you know, we and we traveled we traveled with some of the guys and some of them we didn't. Sometimes we were, you know, travel on our own selves, but it was fun. We loved the business and everything, and we looked after one another. Which, what I'm talking about, looking after one another. When mm-hmm. you walked in that ring, you had to pay attention and know what you're doing in there to protect yourself and also protect that person you're working with, because um, you're only as good as that other person is in that ring. If they don't Very want you true. to look good, they're gonna they're gonna take you out. <laughs> And I've done that to some girls myself.
0: Uh oh. So <laughs> Well that isn't that the old isn't that the old expression that if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Right. So true. That's so true. Because well, if that, you don't
3: love it, get out of it. Uh, and Judy and I we traveled a lot together, we always have fun, but when it came time to go in that rain we gave them, we gave the people 110%. No matter if we were sick, didn't feel good, had a hangover, anything, we gave them what they bought that ticket to see. And and that's the name of the game. But t- today, everybody thinks they're supposed to get paid for everything. When we wrestle, they come up holding papers up at the ringside, and we'd sign our names. and. But now, if if you're there and you want to sit in here, $10 or more. You know, people just don't want, like, a lot of people don't want to do these telecommunication things Mm -hmm. because they're not getting paid for it. Um, I mean, the almighty dollar has really ruined a lot of people. And, uh, you know, and I just don't see it. Do it because you love it. If not, get out. We don't need you anyhow. You know, at least do it. And you can tell when someone loves it. Because they're going to give that extra little grunt Or or that extra little smile at you. They're going to go that one step further. And that's what you look for. The ones that want to do. Not the ones that say, okay, it's over, let's go. we're gone you know right uh that's what you look for uh you know you you can't be money because if we were money hungry we sure did go to the wrong business because you know sometimes you'd say i took those bumps for there, but then the next territory would make up for it and it would even
4: out
0: we we've had a few guests on the show that have told stories of the their when they started out in the territories, the, the trip to the doctor cost more than they made that night.
5: <laughs> that's true.
3: <laughs> that is so true.
0: My, Mike, and I see.
3: And go
4: we, ahead.
3: Some of our, you know, we traveled from Columbia, South Carolina. And if we had to go to Calgary, that's a lot of gasoline. Mm-hmm. And so. You usually try to hit the territories to get there uh, to help pay for that gasoline. So uh, you know, we, we we did the best we could with what we had to work with.
0: You know, I, so I never I never thought about it that way. You would book you would book yourself in Tennessee, New York, on your way to the territories. You would have to drive through anyway to get to Canada. Uh, oh, I never what? I never That's thought about it that way.
3: Yeah, that, that way it was like, uh, as I told you, when I went to uh, Australia, it was to get to New Zealand. Right. Because it was right there, the plane ticket, you could go there and then go over to New Zealand. And we did, went from California, went to Honolulu away, we'd work there a week, then we'd go to uh, New Zealand or wherever else on that side japan and then back to hawaii and back through california again okay. and so that way everybody didn't have to pay so much for the plane tickets they just had to pay from there from there to there
0: that yeah. makes sense and yeah so I, I I, that. there you go folks you learn something new every day mikey i see you chomping at the bit why don't you jump in on this conversation
2: well, here's here's a question that, uh, and and ladies, feel free to abstain from this question if it's too personal. But we hear a lot about these male wrestlers uh, in the '80s and '90s, and even today, having you know liaisons, so to speak, with female fans. Was that something as women wrestlers? Did you have male groupies that would offer their <laughs> services to idea. you for for accompaniment? i I'm, I'm just morbidly curious, but like I said, I don't want to get anyone in trouble, so feel free to abstain from the question if you have to.
3: We had fans, we had male fans that would say, hey, uh, I, I, can I take you out to dinner tonight? And so, but we had all of the guys in the dressing room that would like to take us out to dinner. Now, hmm, had our rather go out with that, or... I'll go out with the, the ones that could fight if I get in a fight. <laughs> and um you know, and that's how it was. Uh I I really never went out with anyone that invited me to dinner a fan at that time. Since it's all different now, I've gone out several times uh with with them, you know, and Platonic <laughs> and, and stuff. Uh, and and it has always been very nice. Uh, they've always treated me nice. But it was totally different with the guys in their counterparts uh, there. Uh, you know, it was a totally different situation there.
2: Ju- Judy, would you like Judy to answer has- the same question?
5: Oh uh, yeah, we I, I I've been out with some fans at some time that I mean, they have been very nice. They never tried anything, like you know, anything sexual or anything like that. Towards I, be I guess they may, maybe thought they got the butt kicked and they probably would have. <laughs> you know, because I wasn't. You know, I wasn't out there. You know, I was out there to have a good time too. But I mean, there's a line that you draw. You know, and I never went by that, you know, above that line. I mean, if it's a fan, it's a fan. Because as a heel, you really had a hard time. It's very seldom you really saw, find a really a heel fan that really, really, you know, was a heel fan because they loved the way you worked and stuff like that. That didn't want to kick your butt, really, because you hurt their baby
0: face. So Yeah,
3: most times, the
5: baby face, most times. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it, it's it's a very i, I want to expand on mike's question a little bit it's a very derogatory term it's come up numerous times as we've interviewed male guests in the past they've told some some stories about the, the groups that they, they refer to as ring rats you, you know the, the ladies i'm talking about uh, okay. a, a ring rat arena rat arena. sorry uh were there obviously i guess then there weren't male equivalent of arena rats that were chasing the female talent from from venue-to-venue?
3: Venue? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there were, some. Uh, yeah. Mm, there were some. Yeah. Uh, there were some. But the men, the men succumbed to um, more than we did. Uh, it, they, they just, uh, a man would say, yeah, come on out back here in my car, and there it would get the go down. You know, uh, we're well, more picky. <laughs> <laughs> at least take him to the motel
0: <laughs> well you you know what then I, I i again morbid curiosity is getting the best of me which you the story you just you just described i've got to know if you're willing to spill a little bit of dirt who in your travels was was the horn dog that had a woman waiting for him every arena he went to
3: Oh, my God, just about every one of them. Just about your your, your head baby face in every territory. He had all he ever wanted. Let me tell you, he did. Who's that? Um, I said, your lead baby face in the territory. Oh,
2: the lead baby face of any territory, okay.
3: Yeah, yes. I mean, what, like Tommy Ridge here in Georgia. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm. it, great guy Me him, I always got on good, and good you know, but please um, and, and so h- almost all of them I could, couldn't start naming names do I have to name all the wrestlers that I ever <laughs> was in the you know? G-
0: G- we'll, we'll we'll expand <laughs> on that answer Judy is she right whoever the baby face was had his pick of the women Oh, she would. She's right. Because
5: ho- we go to the we, we go to the hotel. Because a lot of times we stayed at the same hotel they did, and I mean they would be and the in the um, lobby waiting on them and stuff. So I mean, it was ridiculous.
2: <laughs> and I mean, I
5: tell you the story it got so bad. Go ahead, go ahead, G. Time When we were, in, it was so bad. One time when we were up in New York. That we we checked into the hotel, and um, the guy in the lobby, he said, "Well, y'all just checked in a little bit ago." I said, "What you mean, y'all?" He said, um, "Well, we have got the other girl the girl wrestler named Judy Martin here too." I said, um, "Well, who is she then?" I, I said, "I'm the, Judy Martin," and I said, no, "I can pull out my I pull out my driver's license and everything, and tell him my real my real name, you know." And um, he said, "Well." Two girl wrestlers just checked in here. Mm. I'm like, hmm, we're all four together, so where the other two come from? <laughs> and to kind of find out, those those were girls that was with those guys. They checked them up under the girl wrestler's name, so they could get a discount.
4: Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and
5: um, we went and and we went to um, Vince's office one day, and um, Linda McMahon was there, and we told her, say, look is there any way we can get an id or something to show that we you know we're with the wwf because i said we were having hard times about the hotels because i said all these breeder rats are in there before we do and they're getting a deal (laughs) (laughs) and we got and leilani and i got um you know our id with ww and i still got mine somewhere around here you know with our names and our real name on it for um we work with the wwf
2: (laughs)
0: Well, wow! Look, look at the look at the rabbit hole you just dug, Mikey.
2: Well, um, I, I I guess you know because we well Dan, it's just a thing that we hear so much about these you know Ric Flair stories or these road stories of the male wrestlers. But I was just curious what it was like for the women, and I I guess I'll ask a follow up question, maybe a little more um, uh, polite question, I guess, which was, was it. Do you, Not this. Well, uh, as an open-ended question, ladies, do you feel that your experience as wrestlers, being women, was different than the men, your your colleagues, your peers? And if so, what were some of the differences, both good and bad?
0: Good question. Well, we never went into a part?
3: territory. Yeah. Uh, usually we'd go to a territory just like two weeks at a time, and, and so when we would go in, that would mean that two, three, four of their, the guys that were in the territory, would be off that week, and so we'd get heat with them because they said we were taking food out of their kids' mouths because we were coming into the territories, Well we had to make money too. You know what not our fault that they had a family and that they were the ones that were getting kicked off the card for to bring us in because they'd bring us in on the sweet weeks mostly for the tv uh because they said that when the ladies were on the tv their ratings would go up uh because most time we were sexy or or we had a good buy, you know We were lady wrestlers, you know. And and so some of the guys would get ill
4: with
3: us, especially the ones on the bottom. The ones that were on the top, you know, they were going to be there no matter what.
4: Right.
3: Uh, That was the only differences that I ever found uh, with us, because especially after they saw us work. Because then they said, oh, God, I wonder, look at the match they just had. We got to follow it. Uh, But most of the guys were really nice about everything. Most of them would, if we were in the same dressing room as the guys, when I'd say, I want to get dressed, they would leave the room, you know, go out while I got dressed, Mm -hmm. or I would go to the bathroom to get dressed. I've heard lately that some of the girls are complaining because the guys won't leave the dressing room or go to the bathroom. There's a lock on the door. We did it a thousand times uh, to get dressed. But most of the times, if the guys respect you, they respect you all the way and they're going to leave the room. Uh, some Some of them said, you know, here, let me put up this straight or towels and will just sit, stand right there. Most of them you can trust them. There's some of them that would see them taking a peek. But when they did just say, hey, look out here! And that would, they go backwards. and You have to be more aggressive than them then. Right. And so you learn how to work them. And that's, that's the name of the game. It's
0: how okay. to walk them. Judy, do you have anything to
5: add to that? She was right. I mean, we got a lot of respect from a lot of the guys. I mean, some of them could be assholes, but once they tried you and see where you were at, I mean, they left, they left you alone and they didn't mess with you because, I mean, you know, a lot of them, they knew, they knew we was up there ready to work. They were more like, well, hey, you make, you've make taken money out of our pockets. I even had heard one of the guys, and he was a top-notch guy at that time. You know, saying um, shit. The girls ain't here, and that means they're taking money out of our pocket. (laughs) You know, Mm. but like I told him, I said, well, if you could work, we wouldn't be taking no money out of your pocket.
0: Right. Uh, Well, but you know, got
5: the the, the, the,
0: No, go ahead. I'm sorry.
5: The older, the older guys in this gener, you know, when I started, you know, they a lot of them showed respect to the girls.
0: Well. Let me ask you something. I know maybe it was a lot different in the territories because you were traveling so much, but there are numerous—I can think of a half dozen off the top of my head—pretty uh, high-profile wrestling couples today, and and that's much more prevalent. <coughs> excuse me, much more prevalent in the social media age where they have joint Facebook accounts or whatever, where it seems like almost every female on the roster is in some way dating or related to one of the men on the roster. Obviously, the way you were talking, it wasn't like that back then. There was not a lot of male, uh, where where the men men and women couples would travel together, I guess. Did that not happen back then?
3: Well, no, because the guys, when they would go to a territory, they would stay. And so when we would go in just for a few weeks. Now, when we went in, and if our boyfriend was working that territory, and that was fine and dandy for us uh, but that's one reason that would get so ill at the girls when they would date the wrestlers because that means that a, a year or two down the line she's going to be pregnant and so then we're going to have to she's going to quit they're going to get married you know and stuff but see today they WWE and stuff they travel all together they're together all the time Right. Uh, and so it's a lot easier to date them because they are together Uh, they don't have to say well I'm in Oklahoma next week I'm going to be in New York Uh, I don't know when I'll get back out here to see you so that's kind of a long distance relationship
0: I understand. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, then let me ask. Um, as we we get to the end of the program here, one of the best reactions I've ever seen. You you, you can I'm sure uh, NWA legend yourself you can vouch for this. You you talked about the the babyfaces the pick of the litter the babyfaces had. Best reaction I've ever seen was a match involving Terry Taylor and Ricky Morton, and of course. The, he was Terry Taylor was working with the Rock and Roll Express and they got they, they were getting beat up on and I, there were women in the front row that were ready to jump the barricade to go save save you well, know oh heaven forbid these you know these women would, would, would jump the barricade you put your hand on Ricky Morton. And I'm wondering did 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 maybe not to that extent of the like you, you talked about Joyce where they were gonna throw themselves in front of a car to save the baby face did you have that reaction from the fans where it was like, oh, you you, you can't be you know, they're beating up on the baby face, or were, were, did the fans treat you as equals, where the heat was the same, the, the, the match was the same, or did the fans kind of have that, oh, don't don't hurt her too hard, she's only a girl? How, how was that? Oh, no. When we got beat, we got
3: beat. We had them come in the ring on us before. Uh, and he, your thing is, as soon as they put their head through that rope, you don't give them time to come into the ring. You go you kick them right then. In mm-hmm. uh, Homa, Louisiana, Tony Rose and Donna Christian Tello were the champions. Me and Vicky Williams were the challenges. And we had just won the belts for them. And we're down there. And it's a little town now. And they put us on main event. We had a riot. The people came into the ring. We had to fight them back to the dressing room, throw them in the dressing go to our dressing room, and then the people were all coming in the dressing room. Wasn't but one of the guys in the referee there to come help save us because we could only do so much. Uh, the hills had that much heat. Donna and, and Tony, had that much heat that we had a riot they told us don't come back to our town they didn't want us back we never went back against each other that town because they didn't like it that they had a riot
0: that's crazy
3: we could get as much heat as the guys do and yes the people would come into the ring just like with the guys
0: that's, that's crazy, Judy. Do you have any good uh, fan interaction stories like that?
5: Oh yeah, we got. Um, I was working with Winona and down in Alabama, and then we had a dress, our dress rooms was right beside one another. You know, we could we could really we can kind of talk to one another through like the walls and everybody. We went out two separate doors, and um, so I told her I said I'm gonna look out the door and see what you know what's going on out there. So when I opened the door and everything like that, some fans was coming by, and Winona had opened her door, and um, they was telling her, "Oh, she's right there next to you." And Winona was going, "Oh, so really?" He said, "I'll just wait till I get to the ring, then I'll, you know,
0: mm-hmm. I'll
5: make, I'll take care of her for you." Them little buzzers come right there and kick my door and shut my fingers up in the door. Oh no. Yeah, I told her when I when we got in the ring, I said I'm gonna pay your ass back from my fingers. <laughs> you know, and then and then her and I was in um, the, um, Puerto Rico and Barbados, and they they like to riot down there because I was with a guy they called the um, Headhunter. He stuck a little skull out to the ring,
4: mm-hmm.
5: and uh, she was with another baby face down there, and we had a mixed tag, so the finish was gonna be where um, I got the referee's attention, along with the other babyface guy. And then the headhunter would go in there and um, slam Winona, and Winona was supposed to be go like completely limp when they tried to pick her up.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Well, when they tried to, after that, and the people was getting mad and mad, and they started throwing stuff and everything. So Then the referee says they're fixing to come in the ring, and then he was calling for security. So he he said, I'm, he said, I'm gonna have to get the headhunter back first, stay in the ring, don't leave. I said, Where the hell am I going? There's too many people out there. <laughs> and um, so when Alda was still laying in the middle of the ring, and shoot, I was down there trying to pull, pull her up, I said, We need to get up. I said, These people coming in the ring, she's a I ain't moving, I ain't moving. I said, We need to get up let show them that you're okay because I said, these people are going to start getting this ring. <laughs> she said, I ain't moving. And she stayed right there, so the referee brought some other guys out there to get me. And as I was getting out the ring, somebody slapped me in the back. And when I got back to the dressing room, their whole handprint was in the middle of my back. Mm. Nah. That's crazy. I mean, I, ne- I was, I was really was, I never been scared before. But, but that night I was scared. i was like, oh, I don't know if I'm, and when Winnie got back in the ring, I said, "Winnie, don't ever do that." She says, "Oh, she says, I was about to pee myself." <laughs> but they brought her back, you know, slung her over their shoulders and brought her back. Well, I
0: was I'll, like, t- I'll tell Man.
5: you.
0: I'll tell you what—that's a testament to how good you were as workers that you could get that kind of real yeah. reaction out of a crowd. So, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, Mikey—you've uh, you, got two of the biggest names in women's wrestling. Uh, one final mm-hmm. question: What do you got?
2: Well, I I guess I'll um, bounce back to uh, Judy for a moment Um, just because um, I think Angelo kind of cut you off when I was asking you earlier about what you thought of them doing this women's tag team uh, championship without tipping the hat to the Glamour Girls and the Jumping Bomb Angels. So you can can expand upon that, Judy. But I also want to ask, what do you think – and I'll ask the same thing to Joyce after – but, Judy, first, what do you think of modern-day women's wrestling? Are you familiar with AEW's women division? Are you familiar with WWE, Tessa Blanchard? Do you have any thoughts on what we call the current product as far as women's wrestling goes? And if there's anything further you want to say about that tag team title debacle with the, the McMahons, uh, please do. Okay,
5: with the... Um... About the battle royal, they named it, you know, that was really all I had to say, really, about that. And for them not about the tag team belts and everything, you know, that really hurts me to know that he, he our names weren't even mentioned when we really did a great job up there mm. for him. And that uh, he even called one of the towns one night and, and, um, what's his name? The Indian guy?
2: Jay Strongbow? Jay Strongbow Jay
5: Strongbow. Jay come back Yeah, Jay come back there and he said, Vince is on the phone and he wants to talk to to one of you guys. And Patty goes, You go talk to him, I told him, you know you go talk to him. Finally I ended up happy going because Patty wouldn't go. And she said and Patty was thinking, Oh, what have we done wrong? You know, we thought we've done something wrong. I said, Patty, we haven't done anything wrong. And um so when I got to the phone um Jay got on the phone. He said, This is Judy's on the phone. Um, Vince and Vince come back. He said, Um, oh, I just want to let you know, you girls know that, um, I'm hearing really good, good, good things about you. I'm hearing that y'all knock on dead every night, that y'all was the best match on the card, and that, um, I'm really glad to hear that, and I'm proud of you. And he said, Um, I want to let you know that, um, Sombo will be giving y'all $1,000 apiece tonight, and that's y'all's money. No PC comes out of that. Nothing, because y'all are having one hell of a match, and I'm not getting that just from Jay. I'm getting that from all the all the guys that, you know, that runs the shows and stuff. And I, and I said, huh? He said, yeah. He said, and thank you, girls, for working so hard. But that's what, I mean, for some of him to do that, he must have really thought, I'm, I mean, knew our matches was good. And then not to say anything about us throughout the whole thing, even the, um, you know, the Hall of Fame thing. That I'm, you know, you know, I didn't watch wrestling for a long, long time because I was really bitter and angry at the end because of the situation from Japan and stuff like that and with Pat Patterson and stuff after I talked to Pat Patterson. Mm-hmm. And all. Um, so I just did away with wrestling for years and years and probably in the last 10 years is probably what, when I went to the first convention I think it was that um for great Price, that I really started paying attention to it you know now as far as the women today and um matches I there's some good girls out there having some good matches and I think and I think if they would really train to do um the psychology of the ring it would even be better Tessa Blanchard I really don't know much about her Personally, I've heard things and I've, you know, I've seen things on the internet and stuff mm-hmm. about her. The part about her with the with the men's title, I, you know, I don't agree with that because I don't think she fits the category of being one of the toughest women out there, and I don't think she looks the part about the toughest woman out there to be a champion and beat all the guys in that organization that she was in.
2: And she just left the company without losing the title, by the way. So that, yep. that kind of blew that whole angle to shreds. That was a great answer, so uh, Judy. Yeah. So I mean,
5: I, for I mean, someone <laughs> like China, I would believe somebody like China, you know, had to proceed to stuff that would do it would hurt the guys' her size and stuff like that. Now, if all the guys were maybe tested size, it might be a little different, but
4: mm-hmm.
5: I just don't think that would. You know that I don't think that should have happened, and I'm quite sure now that that organization is probably thinking the same thing now.
2: Exactly, because <laughs> very she, much she, so, because because Impact Wrestling has a tendency to lose top talent, especially when they have a championship belt around their waist. Um, mm-hmm. And th- 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 thank you, Judy, so much for being on the show. And then just to follow up with Joyce, uh, same question, Joyce. Do you have any? maybe to to frame the question a little bit differently for you do you have any advice that you would pass on in general to the young sasha Bankses and the young um bailey's and all the there's so many great women's wrestlers I, I i do think that what judy said about the psychology is a wonderful point but do you have any further advice for the women wrestling walking in your uh boot so to speak uh joyce gray
3: Yes, it's, if they would learn first how to take a bump and then the holds and how to reverse them and how to get out of them, they could work with anyone uh, without having to call it an address dressing room. Uh, But I also want to reflect back on, on the title thing, you know, Vicki Williams and I, won the title in Madison Square Gardens 1973, the first time. Mm -hmm. And that, Vince Senior, was the only time that he was photographed, and you can pull this up on the inner, him holding our hands up between the two of us because we had just won the championship and then we won it a second time in New, New York. And so we, even back then, we went as the tag team champions. And then Wendy Richter and I went up there and defended the belts. And when they said it was the first time, yeah, I said, what you me? I mean, you can <laughs> pull it up on the internet. internet you can find out anything. Right. I, even a child find out that there was champions up there because they don't call it the WWE, you know, actually the WWE championship belts. They call it just the tag team girls' tag team belts. Mm-hmm. And so it yeah, it makes it, to not even get recognized, like Judy said, to as if we didn't even exist in the seventies and eighties. Uh, you know, it leaves a little bitter taste to you, Matt. But well, who cares? We're old now. And all we're doing is trying to make it from day to day and have fun doing it still. And that's the reason I still do these interviews, because I still love wrestling. I still love the people that want to promote it. And I just love life. And I have enjoyed being with y'all tonight.
0: That's- Thank you, Joyce. I, I- you couldn't have, again, you, you, you give yourself no credit on the promo. You couldn't have scripted better parting words. <laughs> Judy, thank you so much for calling in. I know Joyce was excited to hear from you. Yeah,
5: I'm glad to talk to her and everything. So,
0: But uh, thank you for having us. I, Angelo said he'll get in touch with you uh, later in the week. We'd love to have you back on the show. Uh, we had a great time with the last round uh, women's roundtable you were on, so we look forward to hearing from you again. Uh, so for the, okay, the Wrestling Future fans uh, Judy Martin everyone thank you
5: thank
0: you Joyce thank you so much for doing this I can't stress enough as, as a wrestling fan and a wrestling historian this was a huge honor I was excited uh, honestly I know the cards played out that way I was excited when I found out that I was going to be hosting the show I didn't get a chance to be on your part one uh, it coincided with a schedule a personal scheduling conflict so i was great uh, excited to have you you tell the best stories and i know angelo is also going to reach out to you later in the week we'd love to have you back for part three mikey i'm sure you still have a a mountain of questions so uh joyce thank you so much for being here
3: yeah as long as y'all come up with the questions i will come up with an answer for you (laughs) and i have really enjoyed it y'all take care of yourself good night
2: good night thanks joyce
0: Mikey, that was a good time.
2: Well, they're they're classy ladies. And, you know, the thing is, Dan, that uh, I, I was honest when I said that that made be very frustrated, disappointed, aggravated when yeah. the modern-day WWE is slighting not only these women for their hard work and achievements, but also their own history. Their, yes. uh, <laughs> may, no, you're, makes... Go ahead.
0: You're, I was going to say, you're absolutely right. I remember the first time at something ever really stuck out at me Was uh, I had some friends over and we were watching the Survivor Series and they mentioned John Cena and they said, oh, he was the lone survivor, the only survivor on his team the first time he competed. Of course, he wasn't. Him and Chris Benoit were joint survivors. And... I remember thinking I was like it, they went out of their way to emphasize lone survivor and I was like come on yeah I understand there comes a point when much like you were talking about with the belts don't mention it if you're going to rewrite history because let's be honest to this day wrestling fans still do the what they still do the woo when people chop you know wrestling fans have the some of the best memories of any entertainment fans in the world you're not going to be able to tell people you, me, the average wrestling fan who still follows the product. first time we've ever had tag team tag, tag women's tag matches. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen women tag matches, main event shows in the past. Like I've, I was at, as a kid, I was at shows where, you know, these things happened and you're, you're, you're straight up, like you said, slighting your own history and, and they want to emphasize women's revolution divas revolution, whatever they want to call it without Joyce Grable and without Wendy Richter and LaLani Kai and without Judy Martin, Sasha Banks doesn't have a career. Neither does Bailey or Becky Lynch. You know, Ric Flair probably doesn't get his daughter in the business if the women that were around when he was wrestling didn't blaze the trail for her. I, you're absolutely right. It's genuinely frustrating.
2: It is frustrating. And and just to put more dirt on this WWE coffin that we're burying right now, because sometimes <laughs> they do deserve it. Absolutely. Is- you would think uh, just a logic, logical, intelligent human being would say that if you say, hey, back in 1987, we had a five-on-five Survivor Series match that had women's tag team champions in the Glamour Girls. We had a women's champion in Rockin' Robin. We had Sensational Sherry, Fabulous right. Moolah. And these women had just as good a match on that show as anybody else. On that very first Survivor Series, and we were doing this back in 1987, you would think that that would be encouraging to young women today. Yeah, uh, women in general, all fans would say, "Wow, this is a pretty um, open-minded company." They've been right. having featured women's matches and tag team titles all the way back to the 80s, and yeah, you know, you went into the Sable era and stuff like that. But overall, their history with women is is pretty respectful. You would think that they would have the common sense and intelligence to to see it that way. But yeah. instead, the bias no, is the bias is not towards embracing their own history, but it's everything has to be new. Like right, Stephanie exactly. McMahon, you know, Stephanie McMahon on Raw four or five years ago when she brought out Charlotte, Sasha Banks. And as a puppet master character, Stephanie Mm -hmm. McMahon says, okay, Charlotte, you're with Paige and you're with Becky. And okay, Sasha, because you're African-American, I'm going to put you with Naomi and Tamina. Why else would she be with them? Yeah, the three minorities, yeah. Right, I'll put you with the people that you're supposed to be with. I mean, play that today and see how it flies just a couple years later. And so this this, uh, tendency for the WWE to think that everything has to be taught to us like we're five-year-olds... It is very frustrating for long-term wrestling fans and long-term wrestlers when you feel that your intelligence is being insulted and, why sh- and, and And the WWE wonders why their ratings are in the toilet. Well, it's because people like myself have been telling other fans, don't watch a product no matter what it is that insults right. you and, and insults your and, intelligence.
0: And you figure, you figure they would do it the other way around. You'd have... I would I would have because let's be honest, the WWE, one thing they're very good at is their there's video packages they can put together, you know, um, especially like when memorials or hype packages for matches. I would I would embrace the past. You have women main events, women's tag matches, you know, like you said, and Wendy Richter have those embrace that kind of. I, maybe ignore, rewrite. If you're going to rewrite the history, get rid of the Sable era, the, the bra and panty pudding matches. Go from the montage of, you know, uh, Wendy Richter and Lilani Kai to a Trish Stratus-Lita match, and then to, you know, uh, maybe the the transition there where you had, like, Alicia Fox and Nikki and then AJ Lee, and then there's Charlotte and there's Paige. And, there, you know, you can, you can make it look like women have mattered in your company, and all you really gotta do is ignore it. I mean, really the, the 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 attitude era for women's wrestling only lasted a few years. And then there was that that period of you you had your your Charlotte and or excuse me, you had your your Trish Stratus and your Lita and your your Beth Phoenix, and then everybody else was a bikini model, but you at least had a couple people that could put a match together. If you're gonna rewrite history, write out the crap. Don't write out the good stuff and say, look, here's a montage that has Sonny and you know uh, Terry Runnels and these people who who were were models and not wrestlers. And then look, Charlotte and Becky are out, and now for the first time ever, women and women matter because you have this entire history and your older fans who now want it, like like you said. They're not going to come back to the product That's one, is terrible compared to what they watch, but that basically Vince McMahon's on TV every week saying, if you're over the age of 30, I don't care about you as a fan. I'm targeting the children and the people who don't know any better that I'm spoon-feeding
2: the bullshit. And guess what, Dan? The, 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 The thing, the stat that I keep hearing, which I have a hard time believing, is that most WWE fans left standing are over 55. Now I I challenge that statistic. I don't know where that's coming from, but that's yeah. popped up on the internet several times. So here's the thing, Dan, when I was a kid, when you when I was a kid, kids liked what they weren't supposed to like. Right. We we wanted to see Poltergeist. We wanted to see Jason uh, Voorhees slice yeah. somebody up on Friday the 13th. So if you're uh, the worst case example with this with WWE was about 3 3 years ago. They would have the Usos say, we're in the Usos penitentiary, mm-hmm. and they would show prison animated prison bars on the screen while the Usos are cutting the promo in the ring before a live audience. Right. They would actually go in and animate the screen. And, and when uh, what's his name, Braun Strowman, Strowman would say, you want to get these hands. The words these hands would appear. Yeah,
0: I, I remember almost the cartoony effects they had for a little while
2: right and and that didn't last i spoke up against it others did as well but the thing is are we supposed to be in kindergarten now like are right. and and here's the thing folks we get it for for someone who's watching this clip and then they're saying well these guys are wrestling fans and and why why should they expect to be treated with some type of dignity well it's because we got into this stuff when we were kids it became part of our system. We're proud to be wrestling fans. I'm wearing an Iron cheek p- shirt in public today. Mm-hmm. And other people relate to that. But when, but when we're insulted by the, the biggest company, the WWE, you start to lose your passion for it. You start to lose. And, and, and what this comes down to, if the McMahons want to hear this, then we are less likely to spend our money on your products If you treat us like idiots and if you deny the history of your own women's division, we're less, we're we're less likely to spend as much money. I can tell you, Dan, that in 2007, I probably spent the most money I ever did on pro wrestling because I was buying action figures left and right. I was, it was a good (laughs) year for WWE and uh, impact TNA wrestling for action figures. Right. And I was buying uh, edge and Mick Foley sets. I was buying, I was buying a lot of wrestling DVDs. Like yeah. that's that's like maybe one of the last years where the WWE is really cranking out some good DVD box sets of mm-hmm. Dusty Rhodes and the four horses say and,
0: that the, the mid the mid to late 2000s is was when they did all the legacy collections and all that. Yeah,
2: right. So now I know that the WWE is all happy and hot and bothered in a good way for them about their deals with Saudi Arabia and their deals with Fox TV. But if those uh, if the, the Fox Smackdown ratings continue to be piss poor. Because people like myself and maybe yourself are tuning out and and Mm -hmm. not as emotionally invested and, hey, you know what? I'll catch the highlights on YouTube or if something really happens, somebody will tweet it. If they're not making these shows appointment viewing, then guess what, folks? The WWE eventually, they can't provide crappy entertainment that people are no longer emotionally attached to forever. Eventually, the wheels are going to fall off.
0: No, you're absolutely right. I mean, you have your niche market and you see that now with the Wednesday night, the, the, what they call the Wednesday night wars. Like the ratings just came out this week. You have uh, NXT was airing their uh, great American bash special and a challenge to AEW's fighter fest special and NXT barely won. And it didn't even crack 800,000, like 800,000 is winning I remember WCW having 7 million and losing that week. You right. know, here 800,000 and the, the highest rated raw ever was 8.3. 8.3 8. million people watching one episode of raw. And Nitro had a six something. So you got 14 million people watching wrestling in one day. Here between the two programs it's it's less than 1.6 million and that's a good that's supposedly we're being pitched like that's a good thing. Your audience is 80% of what it was 20 years ago. That's you know it's that's ridiculous or I should say it's down 80% from 20 years ago. but yeah, it's it's crazy and it's a lot to talk about. but um, as we wrap up Mike, I know you've got a lot to plug, so give me your stuff.
2: Well, uh, Apollonia Festival, my film festival has just um, we're adding a photography festival. So if people are on FilmFreeway.com and if you're a photographer, either a professional or an amateur, it may not be ready tonight, but it'll be ready within the next day or so. Look for Avalonia uh, Photography uh, Competition. So Avalonia is A-V-A-L-O-N-I-A. That comes from Disregard the Vampire, a Mike Messier documentary. Everyone can watch that for free on YouTube. Uh, MikeMessier.com has several links. Uh, to a bunch of Mike Messier stuff and most of it is free so so I provide free entertainment and I dare say that I provide better free entertainment than the WWE charges you (laughs) to watch
0: there it is I was wondering when you were going to drop that
2: no there it is buddy
0: (laughs) (laughs) so as you as you say MikeMessier.com for all your Mike Messier needs uh, as for
2: us and desires, yes,
0: <laughs> and Needs and desires. That's right. As for us wrestling with the future podcast, we're on YouTube. Obviously we can be found anywhere. Podcasts, uh, are distributed. We are on more than 130 podcast stations. We're also on Facebook wrestling with the future, a closed group, Facebook wrestling with the future podcast. We're on Twitter at wrestling future. That's no G wrestling future. So for Dan, the man for Mike Messier wrestling with the future, Uh, Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and buy the t-shirt. Currently running a special three large t-shirts for 20 bucks. Use the promo code three shirt special. That's number three shirt special. Three large t-shirts for 20 bucks. For wrestling with the future, we've had fun. See you next time.